Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. All righty then, we have our top 20 players today. I am so excited for this episode. I've been waiting all week since our last podcast to get to this one. And we are in our old stomping grounds tonight where the magic used to happen at the Meyer basement. I'm doing a live podcast for the first time with my good buddy, Jake Meyer. And we are here. Like I said, this is this is where it all started, right, Jake? This is where we this grew where, up. This is where yeah. the friendship began. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. Me and Swan both, you know, he has an apartment. I have my own house. But somehow we find ourselves in my parents' basement. Um, you know, and I'm recently married. A lot of life changes, but you know, we're here focusing on fantasy football because we love it. I tried to talk him out of it, but he just wasn't having it. And then he drug me to the wedding and I had to be in it. And now I'm I'm seriously happy (laughs) for this guy. Couldn't be happier. Married a great, great girl. And I I just couldn't be happier for them too. So congratulations to Jake and Stacy. I probably should have said that last show because the wedding's been been a month or so now. A little bit now. Yeah. So but we have fantasy football to talk to. We have some league news and notes to start, but as I mentioned, our big thing today, I mean, we have top 20 players. These are our top 20 overall players in PPR format that, look, we, we've put these, these lists together. Jake's put his list together. I put mine together, and we're going to run through each of our picks. Some of them are the same. Some of them are different. Mine are better. Jake's are better. Well, I maybe not. We'll see. You, we'll let you guys kind of debate that kind of decide give us feedback give yeah. us feedback on twitter you know give us feedback on facebook instagram we we like feedback absolutely give, us feedback, give your opinion yes i have been saying that as well so i will have this step episode up uh hopefully tonight after the podcast if not tomorrow morning at some point i'll publish this and you can you can find the podcast on stitcher on itunes on TuneIn radio um google play music as well so let's jump into the league news and notes to get this thing started the big thing that happened later, or just this past week on Friday, DeMarco Murray announced his retirement on Friday afternoon. So Jake, the first thing that I thought when I saw that DeMarco Murray retired was, thank goodness, we don't have another muddy backfield we have to worry about. Like if he would have went to the Colts, I think we would have been like, oh man, like Marlon Mack was already kind of like not super excited about, but if DeMarco Murray would have went there, we'd have been like, what to think of it, right? Yeah, there was no situation in the league at this moment in time that he would have stepped in and been the number one back. He would have messed up any situation he came into. So for fantasy, we're talking fantasy right now, he was of no value to us. He was only going to screw things up for all of us. Yeah, almost kind of like Adrian Peterson in New, or- New Orleans exactly. last year. Exactly, yep. he, t- he took away 10 carries for the first four or five games and it screwed everybody up. Yep, agreed. So... Anthony Miller uh, for the Bears, He it sounds like he's going to primarily work out of the slot for Chicago this season. And just looking at him a little bit more, because I, I struggled a little bit with once I got past DJ Moore um, and Calvin Ridley, who were the, the rookie wide receivers that I thought could make an impact in year one? Most people don't know about Anthony Miller. Most people don't know his name unless you really follow football really closely. Most people don't know about Anthony Miller, but Swan's here to tell you about him tell you what uh what's good about him yeah and and look he's coming out of memphis and we we thought that he was somebody that was gonna go in the middle rounds initially of the nfl draft but 
everybody seems to really like this kid's work ethic. And I, honestly, he's somebody that I could see could potentially see 75 plus targets in year one. Now, from a fantasy perspective, in a redraft league, particularly in a league that that we play in Jake, where it's only three or four bench spots, you're probably not going to draft Anthony Miller right away. Too much of a risk. If you're in a little bit of a deeper league, potentially. Good stash. I like him in a dynasty league. And honestly, if you were to take him in a dynasty league, I think over somebody like Christian Kirk or Cortland Sutton, I wouldn't be super opposed to that because I do think he has some upside. Is it because of not as much competition for the job? Because Cortland Sutton, you know, he's got Demarius Thomas. He's got um, Emmanuel Sanders to fight for. Is that fair? Is he going to see more time in the field? Well, the thing is... I'm not so much talking about this year in year one, because okay. next year with Denver, Demaris Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are both, both probably going to be gone. Okay. Okay. So Deshaun Hamilton's still there. Right. Um, Him too. Now, but they're kind of starting starting over. So I think that Anthony Miller, from everything I've heard with his work ethic, and he just kind of has that chip on his shoulder type of mentality that I think he, I, I just feel like he could be a, a, a baller. It, honestly, like yep. a baller for the Bears. And outside of Allen Robinson, they don't really have a lot of the receiver position. Um, so it, it's it's promising to hear that he it looks like he's going to be a starter in this slot. Again, I don't know how much more he gets than maybe 70, 75 targets in year one, but he's definitely somebody who you can look at in a dynasty format. Okay, so next bit of news coming from the New York Post. It is believed that Isaiah Crowell is going to be in a little bit more of a timeshare than we expected with Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire. Maybe not more. I shouldn't put it that way. I still think that he's somebody that's going to get 200 carries this year. He got 206 in Cleveland last year and 28 receptions. I think that Cleveland misused him a little bit. I thought that maybe going to New York, he might be in a little bit better situation not necessarily because the Jets are going to be good because we don't think they're going to be good, but maybe he would handle a little bit more three-down work. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. I still like to think that he's somebody that could get 200 carries and maybe 20, 25 receptions and still be a top 30 running back and a high-end flex for you. He's my running back 33. His ADP is at 38. Jake, do you agree with me? Do you think that Isaiah Crowell is somebody that is still a nice flex flex option on week to week, maybe even a, a high end flex option based on the matchup. Uh, when I first draft him, I wouldn't want to count on him as my flex right away because we don't know the usage. I do think talent is going to win out in the end. And I think Isaiah Crowell has more talent than Bilal Powell or Elijah McGuire. But um, at first I would want him to be more of a bench player. I do think talent will win out and he will end up getting more than 200 carries. And I'm hoping he gets about 15 carries a game as a spot start. You know, you need him on a buy or an injury week as a spot start. And he gets that touchdown early on in games. So then, because you know he's not going to be running the ball at the end of the games. Because when do the Jets ever win a game? You know, unless they're playing the Bills or, you know. Right. Yeah, Browns. they're not going to be ahead a lot is the point. Exactly. So they're not going to be running the ball at the end of the game. So you right. hope he scores that touchdown as a spot starter early on in the games. And yep. That, there's where you get your value. Exactly, exactly. Okay, Bears right guard Kyle Long said Thursday that he believes the Bears training staff is begun to take the training wheels off of Mitch Trubisky. So, Bears were dead last in pass attempts last season, Jake. Do we think that this is true? Do we think that Mitch Trubisky, that, that Matt Nagy, they're going to open this thing up and they're going to let 
Mitch Trubisky throw the ball a little bit more this year. Yeah, I do. I believe in Matt Nagy. Um, I believe in, obviously, Mitch Trubisky getting a year older, getting a year underneath his belt. He'll be a year better. And also with the weapons he has, we're talking Allen Robinson, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen's a very nice asset to have, uh, Trey Burton. We have a lot, of, you know, he has a lot of weapons around him. He's just got to be a game manager, not make mistakes. And Matt Nagy will continue to let him throw the ball probably more and more each week. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think the, the pass attempts are bound to go up. I still think that Jordan Howard has a chance to be a fairly solid, maybe a low end, lower end RB1, but he's still somebody that's probably going to carry the ball 240, 250 times. I originally had him tabbed around 279. I might have to back off that a little bit, depending on if we keep hearing that Mitch Trubisky, they're going to let him air the ball out. We'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see on that. Um, but I, I'm optimistic about the Bears' offense this year. I think they, they could do some good things. The acquisitions, acquisitions that they made, obviously, at the skill positions were pretty big. Titans Online is reporting that Corey Davis was one of the stars of Titans practices. Me and Jake were just talking off the air before this how Jake really wishes he would have got him in Dynasty this year, and he's kicking himself stud. He's going to be a stud. He's got all the tangibles. He's got all the talent in the world. Um, and I think Mariota, I think, you know, we heard Mariota was hurt a lot of last year. So I think Mariota is going to be a lot uh, better of a quarterback, better of a pickup. And I think Corey Davis is obviously going to benefit from that for years to come. And I am disappointed I don't have him in our dynasty league. I mean, hey, he was a number four overall pick in the NFL draft. So the talent you think has to be there. Has to. Yep. As long as he can stay healthy. That's the biggest thing right yeah. now is he was not healthy last year. Exactly. He put up numbers in college, if you remember correctly. I mean, yeah. He was a, I mean, he was a beast. beast. Just a beast. So if we sound a little bit different tonight, Jake is fighting a cold, and we are both using, we're both using my mic because I had to take it on the road this weekend. So if we sound a little bit different, that's why. Just bear with us, but we're making it work. Yeah, I mean, basically, we're inviting you into our conversation tonight. We're basically sitting across from each other at yeah, the bar. looking we're at each other. We're talking football. We're ready for the football season. What do we got? About like seven weeks of yeah. football season? Yeah, what did you say it was? How many days? 54 50, days. 54 That's, days. I'm counting it down to the day. That's how excited I am. Um, You know, and this is great. I enjoy this. This is what I like to do. And to be honest, we both know a lot about this because this is all we do. Yeah. Football. Football is our life. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that's why I do this. I, we both have full-time jobs, but we do this on the side as our hobby. I'm sitting here with a land shark in my hand. Jake's making eyes at me because we're getting so excited about fantasy football. I think he's going to kiss me. So I I'm mean, trying to like keep him back and you know remind him that he's a married man and can't be doing those things. I'm just so happy about football. I don't know <laughs> what to do. And you know, Swan dropped that land shark line. We are looking for sponsors. You know, In case land shark would like to sponsor us, please let us know. Yes. But, uh, you know, we're going to do this whether we get sponsors or not because we love it so much and we want to give you listeners information and we want you to win your fantasy football league. Heck yeah. That's what we love, fantasy football, all year round. I mean, literally, it's pretty much what we think about. So uh, that was pretty much most of the things for the league news and notes that, that I had today. Wasn't a ton since we had just podcasted last week. The other bit of news, going back to LaShawn McCoy, it was reported that Chris Ivory would be the first man up Again, Shady was under four yards a carry last year. I wouldn't expect a lot from Chris Ivory, and he doesn't offer the near the value that Shady would as a pass catcher. 
This is probably a situation to stay away from because we expect Buffalo to be pretty bad, and I don't think the running game is going to be very good. Much like the Jets, they're not going to be ahead in games either. Chris Ivory might end up as like a low-end flex, mid-flex option, but I would put him below Isaiah Crowell's level. Jake, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think the only way you grab Ivory in a draft is if you have McCoy, you know, great handcuff, I think, you know, or if you have an Mark Ingram that's going to be suspended for the first four games because McCoy might be suspended for the first four games also. We don't know that yet, but that would probably be the only way you draft Chris Ivory. Yeah, agreed. Okay, I think it's time for the main event. Jake, what do you say? Do you want to get into our top 20 rankings now? Are you ready to do this thing? Oh, I've been waiting for this all day. I've been just waiting to, oh, I, top 20 rank. what's better? I mean, what's better about oh, talking man. about the best players yep. in football? I woke up, I, I felt like a little kid on Christmas. I mean, yep. I couldn't eat, I couldn't eat breakfast, I didn't eat lunch. No, I really did, but I didn't starve myself. But I, I'm, I'm super pumped. Like, I cannot wait to break this down for you guys, our listeners, to help you out with, to understand a little bit, hey, maybe you know who your top five guys are, but we're going to help you look at a little bit closer in PPR rankings, especially because this is what format we're going to be talking about. You know, where do we like Keenan Allen? Where do we like Julio Jones? Where do we like some of these guys in comparisons to the top flight running backs? Yeah, I mean, your biggest decisions in the draft will happen in the first and second round. Your fantasy studs, your guys you're going to rely on week in and week out to get you those 20 points, 25 points. These are the guys, and we're going to help you pick the right one. Yep, exactly. So here we go. Let's jump right into it. We're going to go from 20 to 1 because we feel like that's just the way to do it, right? Radio it's got to be a countdown. It's got to be a countdown. Build yep. it up. Yep, it's got to be a countdown. So I'm going to let Jake start off. We have a we have a disagreement right off the bat at number 20. So Jake, who is your 20th ranked player for 2018 PPR format? My 20th ranked player is A.J. Green, wide receiver of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I just think he is on a downslide. I think he lost a step ever since, actually, I'm kind of going way back here. Ever since 2013, since he lost Jay Gruden as an offensive coordinator, he really hasn't seen much of a target share that he used to. That 2013 year, he's seen 178 targets. Last year, he did see 143, but he played a full 16 games. He's basically been averaging that 140 targets the last three, four years since Jay Gruden's been gone. And I just think there's guys ahead of him that are going to be more valuable, more potential. Um, Swan, what about where your thought? Well, what are your, what's your 20th? Well, before I get into my 20th pick, okay. what my one thing with AJ Green is, and I would agree with you to a point that I'm worried about this offense's efficiency and their effectiveness overall. I don't think the Bengals are going to be very good this year. People are saying that they actually have a chance maybe to finish last in the AFC North. The Browns are finishing not last. Possibly. People are wow. saying maybe five wins for the Browns and the Bengals finish last. That's more I, than they've had in three years I, combined. Yeah. I don't, wow. I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. I personally don't, actually. A.J. Green is a staple in the Bengals offense, and I think he is still a shoe-in for 140 targets, probably. Um, I understand all of your points. I have him a little bit higher. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, but my 20th ranked guy is Mike Evans and Mike Evans had a down year last year. We know that Jameis Winston's going to be suspended the first, what is it? Three or three or four games, games. three Three games games this year, three games this year. We know he'll be suspended. So I still would expect Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever the Bucks quarterback is week one. Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic, baby. I'm sitting across from a Bucks fan. I don't know why. 
you know, I should should let you cover this whole thing. I'll get there. Don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. What do you have? Number number one? He might be. He might be. We'll find out. (laughs) So my thing with Mike Evans is, let me find it because I'm like scrambling through my notes right now of where I actually have him here. Okay, here we go. So he finished his wide receiver 17 in PPR last season. I really believe that the 71 receptions from last year should go up. I personally see him in the 85 range. I still think as Fitz Magic, as Jake calls him, will still pepper Mike Evans with targets in those first three weeks of the season. And I don't think that'll affect him too, too much. Um, He had just a little bit more behind the numbers with Mike Evans, scored eight touchdowns combined in 2015 and 2017, and a combined 24 in 2014 and 2016. So if we go by the every other year thing, Right? Mike Evans is bound for 12 touchdowns it's this year. It's his year. Yeah. It should be. It, look, he's got all the talent in the world, and I, I I like Mike Evans a lot. He's inconsistent. We've seen some of the drop issues. We've seen the Bucks offense as a whole just be inconsistent. Yeah, last year they were way off. Um, I, I really think Mike Evans' issue was a lot last year with Jameis Winston not being on. He was And Jameis Winston was injured, injured with a shoulder. We've talked about that before, but he was injured with a shoulder. Um, and I think Mike Evans did fix his drop problems. Like last year, he had a few drops, but not as many as the year before when he actually had a better fantasy year. Um, this was more the Bucks' inefficient offense, and they just weren't giving him enough targets for whatever reason. Yeah. So if we take a look at uh, some of our rank or some of the ADPs right now, um, it looks like Mike Evans is going as the first pick in the third round. He's going as wide receiver nine, right behind. Jake's boy at 20, AJ Green, and right in front of Doug Baldwin. So I think that that's, that's probably pretty fair. I think that if you want to make it, maybe take him at that 2-3 turn, um, if, you know, especially if, you, if you're targeting a running back in the first round, Mike Evans might not be a bad guy to take as your, your number one wide receiver with not a lot of upside. With That's exactly what I'm going to say, asking you that question. Who do you think has bigger upside, Mike Evans or AJ Green? Who's going to have the higher stats? Well, possibly. I would put my money on AJ Green because I've seen it a little more consistently over a longer career. Okay. Um, even two years ago when AJ Green only played 10 games, I think he had like 68 or 69 catches through 10 games. So, the, the, you know, he was on pace for a big year. I think the Bucks offense has more potential if I'm going to go with that route, which could lead to just more opportunities because we saw how bad the Bengals offense was last year and they just didn't have quite the number of opportunities that I think the Bucks should have with James Winston. I mean, is it crazy to say Mike Evans could finish as, I'm not going to say wide receiver one because we all know who's going to finish as wide receiver one. Could he finish as wide receiver two this year overall? I, I think he has that potential. I think he has potential to, to finish as like wide receiver five, okay. four or five because I, I can't see him if OBJ's healthy and plays 16 games and Nuke plays 16 games, I can't see him overtaking either of those guys. Okay. I just can't. That's my that's my opinion, but I can't see him overtaking those two guys. But I understand where you're coming from with the upside. I do think he has tremendous upside if he can just put it all together for 16 games and if the Bucks can put it all together for 16 games. Okay. Do we want to go? Sorry, yeah, I, yeah, I mean we're going to interrupt you there. Nope, 19? 19. You want to have at it? Yeah, my number 19, 19 on the countdown. Number 20 was uh, AJ Green, 19 
Devontae Adams. I do really like this guy. Um, I, you know why I like this guy? Uh, one, one name, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers throwing. I mean, the only concerns I have with Devontae Adams are his concussion, um, concussion issues. Other than that, I think we're gonna see, you know, probably we're gonna return probably wide receiver, at least wide receiver five, six numbers from as long as he stays healthy. Swan, what are your thoughts? Well, look, this is this is what I think about Devontae Adams. I mean, this guy is, you know. 22 touchdowns over the last two years. We know that Aaron Rodgers loves him in the red zone. My question to you is, Jake, do you think that he can continue those touchdown numbers? Or do you think that, because I always work under the impression of touchdowns can be fluky. And if a guy has high touchdown numbers one year and you base your, you know, the fantasy value, the fantasy points and projections off of that, there's there's bound to sometimes be some regression with touchdowns. Do you think that he can still be a double digit touchdown guy? I do because of the fact that Green Bay is going to throw a lot of touchdowns. They throw a lot of touchdowns. I think he's going to be right there. I can't see much of a regression. Don't get me wrong. He caught a lot of touchdowns, but I think he's – because Jordy Nelson isn't there too. So he's going to see more of – Aaron Rodgers trusts him. So I think he's going to see more of the touchdowns. Would Jimmy Graham scare me a little bit? Maybe. But I'm not seeing – I think he's still going to catch 10 touchdowns. We've never seen Aaron Rodgers have a connection with the tight end in the red zone. No. Really? I never. Uh, I mean, we've seen tight ends over the years come through there. Your Michael Finley, Andrew Corliss. Um, we even saw it last year with with Jared, Bennett. Yeah, Jared Cook was there. He didn't. Jared do Cook. We thought, with Jared Cook, we thought, wow, this guy's got some athletic talent. He's going to tear it up in Green Bay. It's finally, about his time, and he did nothing. Right. Yep. We we just haven't seen it from the tight end position in Green Bay. I I'm on board with you. I think that Devontae Adams has ton of upside. He only played in 14 games last year. I'm going to get a little bit more into Devontae Adams in a minute when I reveal where I have him in my rankings, because I have him a little bit higher. And I see him somebody who him as somebody who has serious, serious wide receiver one upside and could compete with maybe some of the big boys at that position. My number 19 guy is Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey, this is a prime example. I mentioned this before of somebody who is in my top 20 in full point PPR is definitely outside my top 20 in standard format. One, I mean, the biggest thing here is Christian McCaffrey is a shoe in more than likely for 75 or 80 receptions. I really believe that the target should be there again. You know, I hear some talks of sounds crazy to say, what about a hundred receptions this year? It's not, it's not out of the, Question, I think that's a little on the high side, personally. I, I think that's kind of maybe a little bit high. But he could definitely he could see 110, 120 targets For sure. again. Um, I'll have to pull up its targets. I know he had 80 catches last year. I can't remember the target number. I'll have to pull that up. But I think one of the biggest questions here is, can he be more efficient as a runner? And he was under four yards of carry last year. He had 117 carries. I'm thinking maybe 160 or 170. Yeah, with Johnson Stewart gone, C.J. Anderson moving in, I still think being second year, Christian McCaffrey is going to be the Panthers running back, whereas last year the Panthers still seemed, I would say, married to Jonathan Stewart a little bit, um, but they used Christian McCaffrey in all the passing downs. Um, He didn't look good between the tackles, I'll be honest. He, He looked small. He couldn't break. He, he got touched and he fell down. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. I did hear he gained about 10 pounds of muscle this offseason, so that's encouraging. 
Um, I'm a big Christian McCaffrey fan in PPR. I love to put that guy out there and get my guaranteed 12 points every week. Um, you know, you create consistency. You don't have that two points this week, 20 points the next week. I like my 12 points every week. Yeah, and he's going to be very consistent in PPR, we think. Yes, for definitely, sure. for sure. Just because of the catches. Yes. Um, Ron Rivera has come out and said that they want to give Christian McCaffrey even maybe 200 carries. Yes, he I said that. I don't buy that personally. I don't That's a lot because of the fact that they have C.J. Anderson. Like mm-hmm. you said, I, I could see him in the 107, 160, between 160, 180 range. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I just can never see him. I can. I don't think I could ever see him as a guy who touches the ball 300 times in a season. And if we're talking 200 carries and he catches the ball 80 or 90 times, we're getting close to that. That seems like that feels like a lot to me. Feels like too much for a guy of his stature. Even though he, it just seems like he's too small to be a to be a three down back. But they might try it, and they could very well could. I I think he'll be more efficient between the tackles this year. Yes. But I'm not ready. I guess the bottom line here is I'm not ready to push him above guys like Melvin Gordon and, and, and Leonard Fournette, who I have coming up pretty close here. But I, I'm just not quite ready to kind of get him into that next upper echelon of, of running backs in a PPR format. Jake, let's go with your number 18 guy. My number 18, and as we've talked about already, because Swan had him ranked a little bit too low, is uh, Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is going to have a better season than Devontae Adams or A.J. Green. Swan, what's your number 18 guy? So my 18 guy is Melvin Gordon. And I think this is going to probably feel a little bit low to This some is really people. low. What, what did Melvin Gordon do to you? <laughs> Man, I tell you what. Ever since I traded him to Pat, I've had just this vendetta out for Melvin Gordon. Swan made and it's my ter- own fault. Swan made a terrible trade. I did make a bad trade a couple years ago because I saw what I thought was an opportunity after Melvin Gordon's rookie season where he didn't have one rushing touchdown. He didn't have not one all year. And all of a sudden he comes out of the gates and he's scoring touchdowns. I think he had a couple touchdowns in week one against the Chiefs. And I said, I'm going to move him. I can't even remember what the, the, the full scope of the trade was at this point, but it came back to bite me. And I, I deeply, deeply regret it. It's not like I don't like Melvin Gordon. Here's the thing. Okay. Melvin Gordon finished 2017 as RB5 with 288 points. Great. Awesome. Good. That's all great and good. He's been he's been an outstanding running back through his first few seasons in the league. My thing is, this year, look, he, he's never broken four yards per carry. He had four recept- receiving touchdowns last year, and he caught 58 passes. I see 58 passes coming down. I, I think touchdowns are all in all, especially for a running back like him. I think four touchdowns catching, receiving, I should say, is a little bit fluky. So I see him coming down around more around 250 fantasy points. I just see him more as like a running back seven or eight. Now, the thing to keep in mind is Mark Ingram is suspended for four games. He finished as running back six last year in PPR, six or seven. It was it was McCoy, it was Shady, and Ingram were back-to-back six and seven. So if McCoy doesn't play or is he, if he's suspended, depending on that situation, it, it might just catapult Gordon into that. But I, I really, really think that you just got to caution yourself with Melvin Gordon because if the touchdowns don't show up, if for some reason that Melvin Gordon comes out this year and he scores six touchdowns rushing and he doesn't catch any p- passing, 
you're going to be looking at a guy who's 3.9, four yards a carry, has 1,100 yards and no touchdowns to show for it. And he's still probably going to be top 10 just based on value, but you're only looking at maybe at 10, right around 10. Yeah. So, um, and where, where, where you're drafting him, where his ADP is currently, I don't think that warrants it. Or I don't think, I, I should say, I don't think that lines up with kind of what, and I've been saying that for a while. If we see the touchdown regression, it, you know, it could spell bad things for him. Yeah. I mean, I see where you're coming from. I just, uh, you know, he really doesn't have any pressure. Behind Give it to him. me, Jake. I don't care if you, you want to yell at you me, know, you can. Well, you know, I just think, <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. You're wrong in this situation. <laughs> I, I think he is somebody's got to score the touchdowns for the Chargers. And if it's a That's running, fair. and if it's a running touchdown, it's, it's probably gonna, gonna be, be Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yes. Because I don't think Eckler is gonna take anything away from him. Yep. Maybe a series every five series. But I think you're really gonna see a lot of Melvin Gordon and you know, I have him a little bit higher than you. Uh moving on to number seventeen, we're gonna get into my uh another wide receiver, uh, also from the Chargers, Keenan Allen. Uh I do like Keenan Allen. The reason I have him lower uh, at way 17. Too low. Well, way too low. Are you kidding me? This is a guy that's going to catch 100 passes. What's your beef with him? Is my beef is he might be in the emergency room after week two. <laughs> well, he did have a couple years stretch there, but ACL injuries can be one-offs in a sense. I mean, I wouldn't take him over some other wide receivers like, you know, really at this point, I really only have, you know, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, some of those guys ranked ahead of him. And I would still take Keenan Allen. I would take Keenan Allen, obviously, above Mike Evans, uh, Devontae Adams, or A.J. Green, because I think he is a more for sure thing in a PPR. But I have him entrenched in the 17th spot. Uh, okay. What, what's your 17th Fair spot? Enough. I have like? Leonard Fournette at 17. Um, the, the big reason, and this is another running back alongside Melvin Gordon, who I pushed down a little bit. I'm still a little bit concerned about the foot and ankle injuries. He did drop 11 pounds, which I mentioned in the last episode which I, he believes will help that, help his durability, help his explosiveness as well. Could help. We'll see. I'm not terribly worried about the efficiency, 3.9 yards per carry, because he did have 20 and a half touches last year per game. Um, so the workload will still be strong, and I think he has a potential of 320 touches. But I have serious concerns that I think Mel, that Leonard Fournette is still somebody who might miss a few games because of just getting banged up and getting injured. And I, I'm just really concerned. And, and somebody like Dalvin Cook, if we want to make that comparison, again, Dalvin Cook's ACL injury, I think that's a one-off injury. I think that Leonard Fournette's situation might be something that hampers him a little bit. It just concerns me. That's why I dropped him a little bit lower. Jake, who is your number 16 overall well, my player? Number 16, I'm going to recap my last five here, then go in there. So... Top 20, I went A.J. Green 20th, Devontae Adams 19, Mike Evans 18, Keenan Allen 17, and now I'm going, which we've talked about, Christian McCaffrey at 16. The reason I'm taking Christian McCaffrey over guys like Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, I think you're going to find more consistency from McCaffrey, and in my opinion, the running back spot is more valuable in leagues because there's less good running backs than there is less good wide receivers. Uh, Swan, what's your 16 spot? Yeah, so just to recap really quickly. So uh, at 20, I had Mike Evans. 19, McCaffrey. I had him a little bit lower than Jake. Jake believes in his, seems like he believes in his consistency a, a little bit more than I do. I'm still worried about his efficiency as a runner. 
I have Melvin Gordon at 18, Leonard Fournette at 17, and my number 16 player for this year, who Jake was lower on than I was, was A.J. Green. And look, I just still think that A.J. Green is one of the more consistent players in this league. He's a staple in the Bengals passing game. He's still going to be the number one receiver for Andy Dalton. I don't see him being anything other than his usual self. The The one thing that concerns me, and it's a, it's a little bit of why... Uh, why I pushed him down below this this kind of tier of wide receivers that I have here that I'll talk about in a minute is because can he stay healthy? That's the one thing I'm a little concerned about. He's missed games in three of his seven seasons. Two years ago, he only played in 10 games. I am worried about the consistency and the efficiency of the Bengals offense. They were 26th in scoring last season. However, look, they should be down a lot, so they should be throwing a lot too. That's a good point. And... I don't see any reason why A.J. Green can't be a guy if he plays 16 games this year, why he can't see 10 targets a game. You know, he should. See I, 10 I don't know if he's going to see 160 targets. He should. But I, I don't think he's going to. Okay, fair enough. I think that 160 is certainly attainable for A.J. Green. I would target him. I would probably peg him more around 150 targets, which is still fine. If he's still going to catch you know, 85, 90 balls. And, and with his, he's kind of in that Julio conversation of somebody who stretches the field, his yards per catch are always a little bit higher. And I like guys like that. If you catch 80, 90 balls, you're going to be an efficient, a really good fantasy receiver. If your yards per yards per reception are like AJ Green, like Julio Jones, Jake, who is your number 15? My 15. Player? And what the reason I have him here ahead of McCaffrey is because I think he has a higher ceiling. I think your payback for Leonard Fournette is my number 15. I think he he has a higher ceiling. I think he could... Leonard Fournette has the all the talent in the world to have an Adrian Peterson type of season if the Jaguars can block for him. Plus, the Jaguars got Andrew Norwell in the yep. offseason. That's a big acquisition. Huge acquisition. All you know, pro guard. The, all pro guard. That's yep. probably one of the best in the league as far as that Top goes. Top five, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, they improved. Now we just have to worry about his foot. Because, like you said, his foot concerns me. But I'm taking Fournette ahead of McCaffrey because I like that ceiling. And you could Fournette could literally be a top three back. I don't think he's going to end up being ahead of, say, a Gurley or a Bell but or Zeke. But I think he could be in that top five conversation. Let's say he's the fifth one. I think he has the potential to be in the top five. Does the 3.9 yards per carry worry you at all? It does. The efficiency. It does. Because... Um, but I also think he has more talent than that. I think he didn't have a great year last year. I think he was still learning. I think the foot bothered him a little bit. I think he's better than that. Okay. Fair enough. My 15th overall player, Devontae Adams. And look, here's a guy who I think maybe has the most upside of the wide receivers in this group for me. That's A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams. I really believe that Devontae Adams could potentially have the most upside among those three guys. The reason I say that is look at the numbers. We talked about this before when Jake ranked Devontae Adams, which you had him at, what did you have Devontae Adams? I had Devontae Adams at 19. Okay, so again, I am at 15, 22 touchdowns over the last two seasons. He should continue to be one of Aaron Jones, Aaron, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets in the red zone. Aaron Jones could throw a touchdown. And, so he could. Right. If he gets off that suspension, he might be, he might be gunslinging. You he never might. know. I would guess Ty Montgomery might be the guy to throw that, a touchdown. I agree with field. that, though. I feel like yep. he might be the guy to yeah. do that. But look, 
Last season, he was on pace for 85 catches, 1,011 yards, and 11 or 12 touchdowns, depending on how you look at it, which is, I mean, that's a monster season. He only played in 14 games. Yeah. So I just really believe in the upside there. I believe in the connection with the best quarterback in football in terms of pure arm talent. No doubt. And that's why I have him at number 15. Jake, on to your 14th player. On my 14th player, this is a guy that Swan already talked about, Dalvin Cook. Uh, coming off of that ACL injury. Um, actually, no, I didn't get into Dalvin. You didn't Cook get yet. into Dalvin. No, Cook no, no, no. Okay. Don't you, spoil you it for me. Ooh, yeah, wonder where you. That's have okay. Him at. That's okay. Okay, no worries. So, anyways, I do have Dalvin Cook at fourteen, ahead of Fournette and McCaffrey. And you know, I think these are three guys we we're kind of hashing out. Um, Cook, Fournette, McCaffrey, and Gordon. Which order do you have him in? So I have McCaffrey. Then I have I have McCaffrey last, Fournette second last, and now I have Cook reason I'm choosing Cook is really because he's going to run the ball, plus he's going to catch the ball. He's like a mix between Fournette and McCaffrey, and you're going to see very high upside with him as long as there's no injury. And from what I'm hearing, uh, he uh, participated in live drills, and he's you know doing all the team drills, taking every step he needs to to be as healthy as can be to start the season. Yeah. All, guns, like, all guns go. And like you mentioned, I mean, he's one of those guys who's a dual threat a little bit. He can catch the ball. Yep. And he's a good runner, too. Yeah, both. And he was on pace for 44 receptions last season. I believe he was on pace for around 290 carries as well. 280, 290 carries. They were feeding him. They were feeding, they were feeding him. him a ton. So I agree with you there. Um, and and look, Jake, if you were to go, let's say you're you're taking Dalvin Cook in, in the second round, and I'll look up at his ADP here in a second. If you're going to say take a wide receiver, take one of, uh, you know, let, let's say you're taking OBJ in the first round. Is Dalvin Cook somebody you're going to be happy with as your number one running back in the second round? Would you like to have him as your number one running back? Yeah, I think he's uh, wouldn't be a bad number one running back. Obviously, I would like to have a Bell or a Gurley, but, you know, you can't reach all that. So I think Cook could definitely, he has very a high ceiling. He does have a high ceiling. Um, you just really, you worry about him re-injuring the ACL, but nowadays... I mean, we've seen many of guys come back from ACL perfectly fine. Um, so I would draft Cook with confidence um, over Fournette McCaffrey. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so Dalvin Cook right now is, let me find it here. Dalvin Cook's going as the 14th pick uh, right at the top of the second round. So look, there, there's a real possibility that you could maybe snag him on that turn. Julio Jones, Dalvin Cook. Um, would be a possible scenario. You can maybe even kind of tag team at running back there and go for Ned and Cook. Yeah. Um, I think personally, I would rather have maybe one of those guys in a PPR league like Michael Thomas and Julio Jones and Dalvin Cook rather than for Ned and Cook. Right, because if you do the for Ned and Cook, which you're set for the season as far as running backs go, barring injury, but then what wide receiver are you looking at? You're going to be looking at maybe a... I don't know. It depends on what you're looking at, but you could be looking at Jarvis Landry or somebody for your number one wide receiver. And right. So you're coming back at the end of the third round and it might be like somebody like Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And, and which I'm high on Stefan Diggs this year. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate that completely, but you would probably much rather be, have that shot at Michael Thomas at Julio Jones. Yes. On that turn pick. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, cool. Jake, remind me, where are we at here? Are we're we at 14? Uh, I, I just did 14. Now I'm going to... Uh, or is it my... Is it me? 
Yeah, you're going with your 14th pick. 14th, okay. Yep. So my 14th guy overall for 2018 PPR, Michael Thomas. Finished 2017 as the wide receiver six. And look, I don't see any reason why he can't repeat that. Personally, I, I still see the targets being there. He should be, in my eyes, a shoe-in for 90 receptions and 1,200 yards. The biggest thing with him is can he improve upon the five touchdowns that he had last year? And I would hope so. I would definitely think so. I yeah. mean, that's got to be his, his floor. But he's had nine, over 90 catches the last two years. He had 92 two years ago, and he had over 100 last year. I think he's, a, again, a shoe-in for over 90 catches. Can he improve upon the touchdowns? And you're looking at a guy who could be a top-five wide receiver if he catches seven or eight touchdowns, maybe even nine touchdowns. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have him pretty high on my list. Tune, keep Stay tuned in to find out. Yep. But uh, I actually have him above another wide receiver you might be shocked about. Ooh, all righty. Can't wait. Okay, now on to uh, my 13th guy. You're going to argue with me on this one because you had him so low that I couldn't even find him on your list. <laughs> but I'm talking Melvin Gordon. I believe in Melvin Gordon. I believe in the San Diego offense. Um, I just like what they have going on. I think Wiz and Hunt's going to find a, you know, a way to keep giving him the ball. Swan thinks his, uh, it's going to regress. I think it's going to stay the same. I think he's still going to have 50, 60 catches. I think he's going to probably... You think he's good for eight or ten touchdowns? I think he's good for eight or ten touchdowns because okay. I just, like, we made that argument already. I think he's going to be the workhorse there. Yep. Well, that... Yeah. Look, I still think, again, he's going to get the carries. I would agree with you on that point. I'm just a little bit worried that, that yards per carry just, it still scares me. And usually I don't look into that too much, but the fact that he's done it year after year and he's never been above four yards a carry. But he's always make... gotten the ball. He does. He does. He's gonna I wonder if that's going to change. It's not. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. But I will say this. Most people are with you on the fact that I'm definitely the low man on on uh, Melvin Gordon. So, look, when he scores five touchdowns this year and carries the ball, you know, 250 times and still is 3.8 yards per carry, I'm going to point to this moment and I'm going to laugh at Jake at the end in December. We will see who will be laughing. Swan, who do you have as your 13th guy? My 13th guy is Dalvin Cook. and Dal- so, you, so you would take Dalvin Cook over Melvin Gordon? I am very right high on Dalvin Cook this year, yes. Very high. Yeah, I love I love him, man. I think he's a shoe-in for... Uh, I don't care about the ACL injury right now because everything I've heard from Vikings camp is he looks good. Me too. He's participated in everything. I think that the way things are now these days, players are coming back at, at, at high speeds eight, nine months after an ACL injury. He did it early in the season in week four. I think he'll be fine for the for week one this year. I think he'll be, it, it might take him a couple games to get back to game speed, but man, I don't see any scenario where they don't hand him the ball 20 times, 18, 20 times a game. That's fair. The thing you got to look at, how does the offense change with Kirk Cousins instead of Case Keenum at the helm? It could it could change a little bit, and they might throw a little bit more, but I don't think it's a significant amount that changes. Like, like let's say they throw the ball another 40 times a game. Yep. I mean, you know, it's still only 16 be, times 3 is 48. You look you're, at their talent. Looking at you look at their talent, look at their defense. Game. They're going to run the ball because they're going to be winning. I think so. Anyway, I think that's the biggest. So thing. your argument of him getting twenty carries a game is very, very valuable, and I, I 
don't mind that pick there. And now that Jarek McKinnon's gone, I mentioned earlier that Kirk Cook was on pace for 44 catches last year. I think he could be somebody that catches 50 passes. Very fair. It, it's definitely possible. We will see um, our boy. Who's there? I'm, I'm lo- Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray. Spell him once in a while. The only thing that that's going to take Cook down a little bit is Latavius Murray might get those um, five yards and in touchdowns. He might. He and I it, think it's a possibility. They did a that a bit. few times, even with uh, Cook. Those first few games, they you know they threw him McKinnon and stuff for whatever reason. I don't know if they don't want him to get hurt down the goal line, get a concussion. I don't know what it is, but that's the only scary part. But if he's rumbling and rolling, you got to you know he's yeah. going to be in there. I just look, he was on pace for last season to be a top eight running back, and I certainly think he's on pace. I, I really think he could be a top six or seven running back this season. Jake, who's your number twelve overall player? My number twelve overall player um might be shocking to some because he's getting hype and hype, and we talked about him in the bus episode uh last week, but it is Saquon Barkley. Yes, I'm telling you, I would take a Kareem Hunt, I would take a Alvin Kamara over Saquon Barkley. I will tell you why. What a terrible pick. <laughs> That's your opinion. I'm just kidding. But I'm telling you. Go ahead, Jake. Have the floor. I, You know, I don't need the floor anymore. I made my opinion in the bust episode, uh, episode eight. You did, yes. Honestly, if you want to hear a lot about Saquon Barkley, check out that episode. Um, it really tells you my big reasons why I have reservations on Saquon Barkley. Uh, Swan, what are you looking at for number 12? Yeah, real quick, I just wanted to go back yeah. to that. We we did post the bus episode on Sunday. I yes. posted that. So that is up, and Jake does talk a ton about Saquon Barkley there. We had a good probably eight or ten minutes of conversation about Saquon Barkley. Yeah, so go ahead and pay attention to that. My number 12 guy is Keenan Allen. So I'm higher in Keenan Allen than you are, again, for the reasons I mentioned before. I think he's he had 102 receptions on 159 targets last year. If he plays 16 games, I don't see any way that changes. I think he's a 10-targeted guy. It doesn't change. A game guy with with Phillip Rivers. Yes. So lock him in for 10 targets a game, 9, 10 targets a game, and have fun with him. I mean, he's going to catch 90 to 100 balls. He's going to be a PPR monster, a little bit like Jarvis Landry, but I think offers you more upside and more playmaking ability than Jarvis Landry even can to some degree. On to our number 11 players. Should we recap now or yeah, should we? I'll okay. recap now. Yep. Okay. So for my 15th player, so I went at 15, I had Fournette. 14, I had Cook. 13, I had Gordon. 12, I had Barkley. At 11, I'm going to have Kareem Hunt. So that's the way I would draft my running backs. I would draft them like that. I would take Melvin Gordon over Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook. Uh, some people wouldn't. Some people would. I think you're going to find more consistency from a Melvin Gordon. And in the first two rounds, I like consistency. So that's why I'm drafting that way. So on to my number 11, which I told you was Kareem Hunt. I like Kareem Hunt over a Saquon Barkley, mostly due to volume. And I think he's going to get better. He's shown flashes and flashes of talent in the first five games last year. Fell off a little bit for the next uh, probably seven or so, seven or eight. And then he did come back. Once I decided to uh, bench him in fantasy playoffs, he decided to have a great game in week 14. You are absolutely going to have a heart attack when you find out where I have Kareem Hunt on my list. You wow. might, you might like just that high fall like, off the chair. I'm looking forward to it. Wow. You might have to take that bottle of Jim Beam Southern Comfort, whatever's behind us here, and maybe get a shot ready. 
wow. because it's like that invigorating. Holy cow! Yeah, it's it's uh he's up there for me. So I'm guessing he's not at your number eleven spot. He is not what's at your, my number eleven. What's your recap? Spot? <laughs> so my recap again, I had Mike Evans at twenty, Christian McCaffrey at nineteen, Melvin Gordon at eighteen, Leonard Fournette seventeen, sixteen overall was AJ Green, followed by Devontae Adams at fifteen, Michael Thomas at fourteen. Dalvin Cook at 13, Keenan Allen at 12, and my number 11 overall player, PPR, full point PPR for 2018 is Julio Jones. So look, Julio Jones has averaged just five touchdowns a year over the last five seasons. That's absolutely pathetic. Pitiful. We're talking about this off the air before this, before we started the show, and it's also, it's pathetic, but it's also... I don't, I, encouraging is not the right word, but I guess you got to be optimistic that it's got to be better, right? It's got to be better. It has to be. I mean, luck has got to find him in the end zone. Like, it's just, he's got all the talent in the world. How is it not happening that he doesn't catch touchdowns? It has to be. So, look, I expect that number to come up a little bit. He did finish behind Keenan Allen last season. But to my point, I'm hopeful that the touchdowns will go up this year. And that's why I have him above guys like Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, because... He's he's one of the talent, most talented receivers, if not the most raw talented wide receiver in the NFL. And the touchdowns go up, and you're going to see a Julio Jones that's once again a top five, top three, top two wide receiver, two wide receiver. potentially. You know, we in 2015, we've seen that. We've seen in 2015, he had 203 targets. Then yep. last year, he only played 14 games and had 129 targets. That basically would average out to about 145 targets or so. Then... Last year, he had 148 targets. So, I don't know why we're not getting back to that 200 target mark. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan leaving had something to do with it in that meantime. Uh, well, 200 is a ton, but if we can get 160, 170, I think that's he could what, be we, a top three wide what we need, and that's great. But I guess the real question is, Swan, what do you think? Which Matt Ryan are we getting? Are we getting the MVP Matt Ryan in 2016? Or are we getting the Matt Ryan that just never seem to be able to throw the ball correctly uh, yep that's, a, that's the million dollar question a lot of people think that that matt ryan gets back to mvp form this year i don't buy it personally i don't think he does he, he had to learn a new offense so last year was his first he learn a new offense and this is year two with steve sarkeesian so yeah. we'll see what happens year two is almost always better than year one and year one was with kyle shanahan was bad and year two with kyle shanahan was very good yes you are correct so yeah, it's 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 reason for optimism. It's reason to think that things will get better in Atlanta in year two under Steve Sarkeesian. But let's keep this thing moving. So number, my number, number 10, ten pick is actually Julio Jones. We just talked about him. Don't need to diverse on that. Yep. Uh, Swan, what is your number ten player? My number ten player is Alvin Kamara, and this is probably a little bit low for some people on Alvin Kamara. Jake, I know it, that's a little bit that's a little bit low for you. You have him. You have him hot. You have him. Higher than I have him, or I guess lower than I lower, have him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, look, here's my issue with Alvin Kamara. I believe he has all the talent in the world, okay, just to get that out of the way first. I believe in Al- Alvin Kamara's talent. I think that what we saw last year was just phenomenal. Nobody expected that from a mid-round running back. Here's my thing. I still think the Saints offense is going to be good. Once Mark Ingram comes back, I still think it's going to be much like 2017 where they split a workload because Mark Ingram is still a really talented running back and to a degree gets the Saints offense 
maybe a little bit more than Alvin Kamara because he's been there longer. But also, I think Sean Payton likes he Alvin Kamara, like Mark Ingram in between the tackles yeah, a lot more definitely. too. So the thing is with Alvin Kamara, he had 120 carries last year. I've seen projections where people are saying he's going to get 200 carries. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I think that he's more, I, even as, with the four games, I, I'm projecting 180 or 185 carries. That's probably why we're on about it. Because he's. I think he's going to get in the first four games, he's going to probably get you 60 carries. But then after that, you know, he's going to average about 10 to 12 a game. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's fair. If you think he's going to get that much, I think, I, I don't know if they use him that much in those first four games still. I think they might spell him a bit more Which than Saints what people are expecting. Saints always use two backs, even if it's not Mark Ingram. They'll throw in... I mean, I don't know if they even have Traveris Cadet in their team, but he was a guy that they threw in every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, and they've had success with running backs just kind of coming off the bench, too. Yeah. Even Tim Hightower helped me Tim win a Hightower. fantasy title in 2015. Yep. So, that that's my only concern with Kamara is I think the 75 catches plus catches should not be an issue again. He definitely gets there. It's just the thing about the carries. And it's a big reason why guys like Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, um, even some of these other guys, Leonard Fournette. Now, I in PPR, Kamara is above Fournette, above Gordon, above Cook for me. But it's a big reason why those guys are going to get 300 touches, and I don't think Alvin Kamara does. I don't think he comes close to that. I think he's more around 240 or 250 total touches when it's all said and done. Okay, I went way too long on that, though. So... Jake, on to your number nine player. My number nine, which some people would probably argue this, but I have Michael Thomas at number nine ahead of Julio Jones. So, yes, I'm telling you, I would take Michael Thomas ahead of Julio Jones. Why are you asking? Touchdowns. I can't stand the fact that Julio is not getting touchdowns. Now, maybe you could say, hey, Jake, Michael Thomas only had six touchdowns last year. Yes, but in the year before, he had a lot more. Five. He He had had five five last year. Yeah, he had five last year. He had five last so year. I think it only can go up from there, and yep. I think he's getting one year better. Whereas Julio Jones, in my opinion, is falling off his prime. I think Julio was already in his prime, so I think the upside is with Michael Thomas. So I'm going to take Michael Thomas ahead of Julio. I think Jones. we're seeing Michael Thomas step into maybe one of the premier receivers in the league. Yeah, one of the top five or six talents at the position potentially. Yes, no doubt about it. Expect and with the quarterback, he's still got Breeze. Next year, we might be having a different conversation if Breeze isn't yep. there anymore. Um, who is your number nine, Swan? Yeah, my number nine was Saquon Barkley. Um, and you, what, where was Barkley for you? You had a couple picks Barkley ago, Barkley right? was actually 12. 12 for you. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a little bit higher in Barkley. Again, the biggest reason here is I think he's a shoe-in for 300-plus touches. He's going to carry the ball probably 250-plus times, and he's going to catch, I would think, at least 50 passes. So 300 touches should not be an issue for Barkley. I actually think he could maybe even catch more than 50 passes. He might be able to catch 60 passes when it's all said and done. And look, I know there's a lot to go around in the Giants offense. And certainly, excuse me, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to get his share. He's going to be 27, 28% of the target share when it's all said and done. You still have to feed Evan Ingram. You have to feed Sterling Shepard, and we've heard what Eli Manning has said about Sterling Shepard this offseason. He's looked really good, but this is a transcendent talent at the running back position, and he got drafted this high for a reason in the NFL draft, 
and there's no way that they don't use him. I know the Giants have been really bad running the football the last few years. They haven't stuck to it. It hasn't been part of their mindset, but they haven't had the talent at that position either. And look, this guy's just a stud. I just can't, I, I can't see them not using him just an absolute ton, even in year one. Okay, Jake, on to your number eight guy. Uh, at number eight, I have Alvin Kamara. The reason I have Alvin Kamara ahead of guys like Kareem Hunt, Saquon Barkley, is because basically, I think Alvin Kamara is basically a more expensive version of a Christian McCaffrey. I think he is a more talented, a little bit better between the tackles runner, and I think he's going to give you that consistency with a little bit higher of a ceiling than a Christian McCaffrey. And I like that consistency over what a Kareem Hunt and a Barkley maybe could produce for you. They could produce on any Sunday only five fantasy points if they're used like a regular running back and not catching passes. You know Alvin Kamara is going to get you at least 10 points a week. And that's my theory of putting Alvin Kamara ahead of those guys at number eight. Swan, who are you looking at at number eight? Really quickly, I, I just am curious... Are you are you, so you're not really worried about the carries at all? No, I'm really drafting be... him. He's just going to catch passes. Do I think he's going to get carries? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. like I said, he's going to get maybe 60 carries in the first four weeks right. when Ingram is out, but then he's going to regress to about 10 to 12. Well, the one thing, and we look at Kamara's numbers from last year, he had 7.1 yards per carry. I have to think that's going to come down a little bit. Definitely, definitely, it, it's got to. Yeah. That and that's the that's the only thing I think in PPR, and that's why another reason why I just had him a little bit lower at my number ten because I think that yards per carry is probably going to come down a little bit. Okay, at my number eight guy and Jake, we, we've been waiting for it. This is the guy I was hyping up, Cream Hunt, number eight overall. Eight. Yeah, the look wow. on your face right now is like, what in the hell are you doing? Oh. It's, it's... <laughs> It's just like you had a... But I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. No, no, I, no. This is, it's like you had a dime in front of you, and she was willing to go home with you, and you took the seven for no reason. Well, here's the thing. That seven, she was really nice, and she offered to buy me as much food as I wanted. So, I, isn't that a good deal? I mean, I'm if we're looking at the dime... And she makes like, me sandwiches... The whole nine yards. Like, but, she she pays for dates once in a while. I mean, this girl is a steal. So you're basically... Not as good looking, but Kareem Hunt is that girl. So you're basically saying Kareem Hunt's going to get you, going to make you everything you want, and going to get you what you want, and be very consistent compared to a dime like Saquon Barkley, who might be... Yeah, I know Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara are sexier picks here, but I'm telling you, man, Kareem Hunt is going to get... 300 touches, 300 plus touches. He's in a good offense with a new young quarterback who they love. Andy Reid's going to roll Pat Mahomes out there week one, and they're going to run essentially the same offense they did with Alex Smith, maybe even more explosive. You got guys on the outside like Sammy Watkins, who's their first number, true number one wide receiver that they've had. That's true. You can't count Dwayne Bowe or Jeremy Macklin. No. Because those guys are, in my opinion... Just in terms of talent, those guys are shells of what Sammy Watkins is. Could be, yes. Right? Could be, Okay, yes. so Tyreek Hill is another guy who takes a lot of pressure off the running game. Travis Kelsey as well. So you can't just key on on, uh, on Kareem Hunt. And when he does touch the ball, I still think he's going to be somebody who has a pretty good yards per carry average 
well over four. He had 4.7 last year. Look, I know he struggled at times, but I, I at towards the end of the season, but I really think his talent is going to overcome that in the long haul. I think that Andy Reid's going to stick by his side. He's going to he's going to give him a lot of carries. I'm I'm projecting 255 plus again, 45 plus receptions, and that's again why I have him over guys like Alvin Kamara, who I don't think he's going to be in quite that carry range, and Barkley, who I'm just unsure about the Giants' offensive line. So that is why I have him above those guys again, just just based off of that offense, the opportunity. But well, let's get on to your let's number seven. In. Let's dig into the real time fantasy stuff. This is here. the big time guys. This now. is big time. Big Top time seven studs. is really, you know, I would really honestly say, you know, we just talked about the twenty to eight guys. I really think the top seven, there's a break off there. I don't think you would take any of the guys lower than these guys. In my this opinion, this is a tier break. This is a tier for break. sure overall. This is, yes, this is we're talking tier one and tier two here right. now, and we just talked about tier six, five, six. These are the guys that if you're one of the top seven picks here in a PPR league, you can kick off your shoes, grab some popcorn, you're put on a good movie, yep, grab no your girl, asked. sit back and just enjoy you're the spectacle. Be happy. At seven, you're going to be happy. If right. you can get number seven pick, really take it because it's really not a bad pick. So at number seven, I have Odo Beckham. The reason I have Odo Beckham is because really he's one of the top talents in the league and you know, with, don't get me wrong, Giants now do have talent with Barkley there, with Evan Ingram, but and Sterling Shepard. It just really depends on if Eli can get in the ball. If Eli can get in the ball, we're looking at maybe a number one receiver in our hands overall. Oh, absolutely. We've seen it before. He's a guy who catches a lot of passes for a lot of yards and catches touchdowns. As long as he stays healthy, and from all I'm hearing, he's healthy. Yep. He's all those off-season videos I'm seeing, catching balls one-handed, catching balls behind his head, under his legs. He's, seems to be he's healthy. crazy. Seems to be healthier, healthy as all can be. Who uh, Is he your number seven? No. Oh, yes, actually he is. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. Odell Beckham is also my number seven is this wide receiver. first one we've I think on. it actually is. Wow. Yeah, About should we hug? start thinking like me. No, we'll just bro one. <laughs> <go nuts. laughs> all right. Sorry, I'm... Not about that hug life. Okay, cool. That's fine. I'll just hug myself, I guess. How you do that? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, same reasons here for the most part, really quickly. I think he has a solid bounce back season, 85 plus catches, 1,200 plus yards. A shoe in for those numbers. Look, the addition of Barkley should help the Giants rushing game and increase rush touchdowns. I do believe that they'll carry the ball more, <laughs> commit more to the running game. But overall, look, even the Barkley, Ingram, Shepard combination is 50% of the target share from my calculations. I still think that OBJ is 27, 28%, 26% of the target share, and he's still going to have 150 plus targets. Jake, your number six player. My number six player is DeAndre Hopkins. Now, the reason I have DeAndre Hopkins over Odo Beckham, which is the question everybody's asking. This is what we're doing. We're breaking it down saying, why do you take Odo Beckham over DeAndre? Why do you take DeAndre Hopkins over Odo Beckham? And the reason being, in my opinion, is quarterback play. Deshaun Watson loved DeAndre Hopkins. He peppered him early on there, yep. and they thrived. Um, I just don't trust in Eli Manning as much as I do Deshaun Watson. Swan, what's your thoughts? Well, first off, that's two in a row that we've had the same Holy pick. Cow. So I'm, man, I'm ecstatic about that. We're like best friends now. and Just fantasy-wise. Just fantasy-wise. I don't like your face at all. 
Second off, I, I believe in what you're saying too. The the quarterback play one and two. I think DeAndre Hopkins has the more clear path to more targets and more opportunity. I think he's a guy who could have 175, 180 targets. I don't think Odell Beckham can have that many. That's fair. First off, and yeah, and and which is I why think we that, both have him ahead of Odell Beckham. And I think Hopkins catches more touchdowns too. Definitely. Uh, yeah. In terms of the reception category, I think they might be in the same ballpark, potentially. I, I would tab, tab Hopkins a little bit more. Um, but overall, I think just the targets and the opportunity are a little bit more for Hopkins. So let's crack into our top five, though, huh? Top five. Top this five, baby. Really, any of these top five guys, you could make an argument for you number could, one overall. Absolutely. Yep. They could There's, go anyway. Yep. You have arguments. I'm going to crack into my top five after I recap my top ten. So my top 10, at 10, I had Julio Jones. At 9, Michael Thomas. 8, Alvin Kamara. 7, Odell Beckham. 6, Hopkins. Now, as the top 5 goes, we have 4 running backs and 1 wide receiver in my top 5. I'm going to start at number 5 with a running back from the Arizona Cardinals, David Johnson. Oh, we can't make it 3 in a row. You don't have David Johnson No. Oh, well. I'll tell you why. I don't know why you have. I know who you have in front of him, and I don't know why you're I'm doing gonna, it. First, I'm going to ask you your number five. Well, my number I'm five guy. My four and five, and I think we're. I think have we the need same. to go at this a little bit. So my number five guy is Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. So I guess just the flat out elephant in the room question: Why in the world would you put Ezekiel Elliott in front of David Johnson when David Johnson is going to have 25 more catches than Ezekiel Elliott in a full point PPR? What's been my theme of this whole podcast? Touchdowns. No. No. Consistency. Consistency. Okay. I trust in Ezekiel Elliott more than I trust in David Johnson. As far as volume goes, as far as offensive line goes, he is getting... I mean, Zeke has the same offensive line he's had for years other than the one Connor Williams rookie at guard coming in. Other than that, he has Lyle Collins, uh, Zach Martin, Tyrone Smith, Travis Frederick all back. Okay. Okay. Well... I'm going to stop you right there. So we talked about this off the air before the podcast. We did. And you said that the the wrist injury, you're not concerned about that with David Johnson because it's not a lower body injury for a running back, which is huge. Correct. Right? And we saw two years ago what David Johnson did. 120 targets. Uh, I can't remember the carries right now. It was it was a lot. It was, it was enough a, to be number it, one, number two back in the league. It was a lot. Down. It was 290, 300 carries somewhere in that range. What? Why can't he get back to that? They don't have any. They don't have any other weapons there besides Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, but he's a rookie, and JJ Nelson. Right. I guess my scarcity would be: Are they going to? What? How's Sam Bradford going to play into this? Is he? I guess you could probably say he's as good as Carson Palmer. I I just trust in Zeke more. I trust in Zeke. We didn't see all of Zeke last year. Got to remember. The only scarcity was, or I guess the only thing that scares me with Zeke is the fact that he did drop from five point one to 4.1 average yards per carry so was his rookie was that a fluke that he had 5.1 and now 4.1 is going to be the zone he lives in i think he's going to get more so back up to the 4.5 range i would agree with you there because just because of the line play yeah and they're still going to be committed to the run right they're not going to back off of that yep does does des even make him better or does that i don't know if it changes it to be honest with you it might I'm going to say no. I don't think it changes it much. Because like I said, I think they commit, they stay committed to the running game and their offensive line is still just as good. Okay. 
So anyway. So why do you so five? So why do you have David Johnson over Zeke? Well, again, just like I mentioned, I think he has 25, 20 to 25 more catches, which at the end of the day, if look, if Zeke's going to have 20 more carries than David Johnson, that's fine. And I believe that 20 to 30, maybe more carries. Mainly because I think the Cowboys are going to be better than the Cardinals. I don't know how good they're going to be, but I th- again, they're going to stay committed to the running game. The problem with the Cardinals is, look, they're in a tougher dis- division, I believe. Well, it, you know what? I'm going to retract that a little bit because I think the Seahawks are going to be down. I think the Niners will be much better. Yeah. Regardless, I think that those 20-plus catches that David Johnson's going to have over Zeke much outweigh the, the, the carries that Zeke's going to have over David Johnson See, my argument, in a PPR league. In a PPR in, in a league. Full, look, in a standard league, I believe I'm with you. I would take Zeke over David Johnson. Right. But my question mark is we're not see Bruce Arians is not the coach anymore. We're talking. We got Steve Wilkes at the helm with Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator, and they wanted to talk a run first play action offense. So you're saying David Johnson's going to get, you know, he could reach 80 receptions like he did in, you know, the previous. I believe he's going to reach 65 to 70 catches. And you think Zeke's only going to live in the 45 range? I believe so. I think I still think there's 20 more catches there to be had by David Johnson in comparison to Zeke. Okay. Like I said, I'd be happy with both, but I am going to go. They're close. They're close. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to go with Zeke over DJ. Yeah. Uh, At number three. So do we even need to talk about this? I be- we both have Antonio Brown here, right? We have Antonio Brown. He's a shoe-in. We know what to expect from him. We know what to expect, but I think we can't take him one or two because of the fact the higher ceilings that the one and two guys have. You know what I mean? You- but, hey. They're such, t- they're such shoe-in RB1s, if they're healthy, that it's hard to replace RB1s that, are right? value- more valuable than wide receiver ones. Exactly. Yep. It is Because you only have five RB1s Especially- where you have ten wide receiver ones especially and we can kind of move this right into our running back talk at one and two we're talking about two running backs so they're gonna catch the football yes, right so we have guaranteed. we have Le'Veon bell who's caught 80 passes last year in 15 games and todd Gurley, who i believe caught 64 passes and we both expect them to be right there again over probably over 60 catches both yeah. right yeah but the question is who do we have one and who do we have two that is the golden question I'll let you start. My number two running back is Todd Gurley. And then obviously that leaves my number one running back at a Steeler. You wouldn't think I would pick a Steeler, but I love Le'Veon Bell. I hate the Steelers with a passion. <laughs> I know you Steeler do. Country, I hate the Steelers <laughs> with passion, but I love Le'Veon Bell. Contract talk doesn't scare me because like you said last podcast, it's going to be the same thing again. He's going to not go to training camp, not do all, not play in the preseason, but yep. he'll show up week one. For business yep he should i i believe that's the way it's going to be he'll show up week one he might be rusty for a couple weeks like he was last year by week four you should see the Le'Veon bell that you saw same thing same as last year i have it backwards okay i have Le'Veon bell at two i, I thought about this a lot and i have todd Gurley at one the reason i did that i looked at the numbers from last year and let me find it here we had Sorry, I got papers all over the place, and it's kind of loud. Um, Todd Gurley, so outgained 
Le'Veon 323 to 260 in terms of points last season. I, that's a lot. Now, look, I, I don't expect Todd Gurley to score 19 total touchdowns again like he did last year, 13 rushing, 6 receiving. I think something might have to give there a little bit, especially the receiving touchdowns. Could certainly be cut in half or maybe in more. I don't know. But look, the, the 4.7 yards per carry will will probably go down maybe a little bit. But I still think the Rams offense is still going to be ex- an extremely efficient one. I still think I was down on them to, to begin the offseason, but I've kind of come around on them a little bit more. I just think that Todd Gurley is an absolute just shoe and I, I think they both are this is so hard for me i just had yeah. to go with todd Gurley actually, one swan you know the way i looked at it honestly if you really if you're unsure like us like us too we really don't know who's one and two i don't know who's one and two obviously you have to pick i'm picking bell you're picking Gurley. but maybe look at their playoff schedule playoff fantasy schedule maybe that's the way you determine it if you look at bell his playoff schedule is raiders week 14 patriots week 15 saints week 16 then you look at Gurley. And he's got the Bears 14, Eagles 15, Cardinals 16. That 14-15 stretch for Gurley, Bears-Eagles, that's a little scary to me compared to Raiders-Patriots. I think Bell could eat up both those teams. That's a good point. That's that's, a- that's the way I look at it. You know, we yep. both expect, we're great fans of players, we both expect to be in the playoffs, and we both want to win in the playoffs. Sure. So you got to have great matchups in the playoffs. A- absolutely. And, and that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Look, at the end of the day, these two guys, whoever you take one, whoever you take two in a PPR league like this, I think you're going to be extremely happy with both guys. Yes. As Jake said before, your top five, you can probably shuffle them kind of any way you want to. If you wanted to take Zeke number one overall, I couldn't blame you. It's he a little little push for me, but I've seen it done. Zeke probably has the lowest ceiling of them all. Lowest ceiling of them all. I think, yep. I, I mean, you could take Antonio Brown one and I could say, but it's not a low ceiling. It's still a high ceiling. It's, it's just still a high ceiling because he could end up, he could, I've heard rumors of him wanting to break that 2000 mark. I've heard rumors of it. Yep. So he could definitely, you know, track for that. Zeke, I, like you said, I don't think you're going to get the catches and he, I don't think Zeke's going to go out and score 25 touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, ceiling wise, I'm going to say, obviously, Gurley and Bell have the highest ceiling. Um, Brown next. Although Johnson too, David Johnson could have that too. He could. No, no question. I just kind of stray away from the fact that the, just to wrap this up quickly, David Johnson is in a bad offense compared to the, I think the other three are better. I don't know how good the Cowboys offense is going to be. I know, or at least I'm pretty certain that the Rams and the Steelers offenses are both going to be pretty good. Yeah. Which is why we're drafting Bell and Gurley, uh, number one and number two. Yep. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for our top 20 PPR rankings. Yeah, we're going to list this on the website, correct? We are, yeah. What is the website? Yep. Well, so my website website is still under construction as of right now, but I am working hard on it, and it's my goal still is to have it up before the beginning of the season. But you can listen to the podcast, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio and Google Play Music. All you have to do is search Pad the Stats, go on there, take a listen to the episode. Should be up by tomorrow afternoon at some point, I'm hoping. And go ahead and subscribe. And if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, the content and everything, please go ahead and give it a five-star rating as well. And uh, like I said, if you subscribe to it on iTunes, you can, you, it'll download right to your phone. And when we release a new episode, you'll get a notification of that. 
and and again, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Snapchat as well. So you can yeah. you can follow us at a bunch of places. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, we're yeah. here to let you win championships. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Thanks for joining again. I appreciate oh, no your problem. work this on all great. this as well, man. Yes. I really do. It's fun. I love yep. it. Love doing it. And we are signing off, everybody. Have a great Saturday night. We will talk to you next week, probably again on Wednesday for our next one. I don't know what we're getting into next, but I'm sure it'll be good. We'll preview it on Twitter. Yeah, 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 Check we will. Twitter out. Okay, have a good one, everybody. Good night.